Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, I'm going to talk through the Game Week 5 wildcard. So I'm going to start off by going through whether or not you should be using the chip this week. And then we'll take a look at the draft itself, including some of the things that you should be considering. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And if you want to get your current team or wildcard draft rated for free, you can do that over on Fantasy Football Hub. All the links you need are in the description below. So whether or not to wildcard in Game Week 5 is going to be very team dependent but there are a couple of questions you can ask yourself to determine whether or not to use the chip and you can apply these to other game weeks if you decide not to use it this week so how many major issues do you have with your current fpl squad and are you just chasing points and everyone is guilty of that at some point during the season and when you've got a wild card in your back pocket it can be very easy to talk yourself into needing a whole new squad when actually you probably don't need as many changes as you first think in terms of what a major issue is I would say that injuries and suspensions that are starting to build up are definitely uh, an issue, especially if it's caused you to be a little bit behind. And also, I would say any players where you're really behind the curve. And I'm not just talking, you know, I've got Rashford, I'd rather have Son. I'm talking, I've got Diogo Jota. He's not even starting. I don't know when he's next going to be in that first 11. I could have Sterling or Madison instead. Or maybe for 6.5 million, you went for Harvey Barnes. Anthony Gordon's starting on the left at the moment. You could have an Imbermo or an Eze that are absolutely nailed on. They are major issues to me. If you had like 8, 9, 10 players where you feel like there's a slight change needed, that might be enough to wildcard. But I'd be really careful about whether or not they're actually kind of genuine issues in terms of how many major issues you need before activating the chip there's no set limit of course what i would say is it's probably not as many as you first think like lots of people wait until they've got 9 10 11 issues but if you're an active fpl manager you're always managing your squad you see an injury or suspension you probably use a transfer you're looking at fixture swings and stuff like that you're never going to have that many issues at once so it could just be four to five major issues plus maybe a couple of bench players that could be enough to wildcard ultimately though you'll have to make that decision for yourself when i look at my team right if i sent this to a thousand fpl managers that watch this channel i'd say probably two to four hundred maybe even more would say i need a wildcard but i don't think that's the case right they would look at pickford on the bench say that's a big issue and maybe that is over the next few weeks. But this week I'm playing Turner. So that's a transfer that can just wait until game week six. It's not a reason on its own to wildcard. Would Madison or Son be better than Rashford and Sterling this week? Possibly. They've got Sheffield United at home. In fact, definitely, right? I'd rather have those two for Sheffield United at home. But the fixtures afterwards are much better for Man United and Chelsea. 
And so I'm willing to kind of take that bet on to wildcard later on when I might want to get Salah and players like that. So there's not really any players in my first 11 that I think are a major issue. The only possible problem is Kabori, who's third bench anyway, because obviously he didn't start the last game for Luton, and Pickford, but I don't even need to play him this week. So I would say there's not enough major issues in my team to wildcard right now. Yours might be completely different. I've been very lucky with injuries. I don't think I've had one so far. I've taken out Watkins and Martinez. I didn't even really need to do that. So I've been very fortunate. Um, the other thing to kind of think about is, can you hold your nerve for 20 plus game weeks? Because once that wild card's gone, you don't get another one till game week 20. And if you want to manage the blank and double game weeks, kind of properly is not the right word, but it does come in very handy to have wild card and free hit around those blank and double game weeks. So it might not be from now until game week 20 until your next wild card. It might be from now until like game week 30 or 31, something like that. It's a long time to not have that chip. So maybe waiting a little while longer if you don't need it right now could be better. I would definitely think about what your plan for salary is. Obviously, I've been happy to go without him so far, even though he continues to return. But there is a very good fixture swing for Liverpool starting in game week nine. So if you wildcard now, you have to think about whether you're prepared to just not have him or how you're going to set your team up to get him. And in terms of when you could wildcard outside of this week, the two major ones that most people are looking at are game week nine, again, for that Liverpool fixture swing, but not just because of that. If you're loaded up on Chelsea players, for example, after game week eight, the fixtures get pretty bad. They've got Arsenal at home, Brentford at home, Spurs away, Man City at home, Newcastle away. There's no need to probably have even one Chelsea player then, let alone two or three. And it's not just Chelsea and Liverpool, right? There's a load of other kind of issues as well, or, or kind of fixture swings as well. But they are the two kind of major ones. And also, game week 19 is just after the blank for Man City and Brentford. So potentially one option is to get up to game week 18, take your Man City players out that week. So even Haaland potentially, unless you've got a lot of uh, money built up in him. So if we look here, they've got game week 17 is Palace home, then they blank. But then they've got Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Burnley at home in 22, Brentford away 23, Everton at home 24. You're going to want Man City players, at least Haaland back. So that is a strategy you could go for. The only thing I would say about that is game week 19 is Boxing Day, the 26th of December, the day after Christmas Day. I don't know how many people want to be thinking about wildcards around that time. But if you're happy to either go without Salah or you've got another plan to get him in just through transfers, there's not necessarily a need to wildcard now or in game week 9. And if you're happy with your team and how things are looking... You could just hold on to it later. It doesn't have to be 5, 9, or 19. It could be that you get to game week 13, 14. You've actually done fine with the Liverpool players, but now you've got lots of major issues, then you're going to use it. But that's just the ones that most people are looking at in the community. Right now, for me, I don't think I want to be wildcarding over Christmas, so I'm thinking about game week 9, but I'm not locked in. So have a look at your own team, see how many major issues you've got, and then go from there. All right, let's take a look at the draft, and we'll start off with the goalkeepers, defenders, and bench as normal. Now, I've picked a 3-5-2 formation, which I think most people are on anyway. There's just too many good midfielders to move to a 3-4-3. At some point in the future, that might be the way to go, but I don't think that's the case right now. And for this particular draft, I've got 0.3 million in the bank. You might have a bit more, you might have a bit less. It doesn't matter. Everyone's team value is different, and it's not to say that this is the ultimate wildcard team anyway it's just a good base for discussions you should make as many changes as you want to pick a team that you're happy with right that fits into your team value now for the goalkeepers 
I've gone for Flecken and Ariola. You could go for Ariola and Turner and save a bit of money. And even if Turner does lose the number one shirt, you've still got West Ham's first choice goalkeeper. So I don't see a huge issue with that. I think it's Turner's shirt to lose. But if in four, five, six game weeks time, he wasn't number one anymore, I don't think it would be a complete shock. But I don't think Ariola's losing the shirt anytime soon. So that combination isn't that bad. But I think I would probably go for Ariola plus a 4.5. And in this case, I've chosen Flecken. I don't think anyone wants Pickford right now. No one's going to choose Johnson in case Henderson becomes number one at some point. You could possibly go for Sanchez at Chelsea. I don't think that's a bad pick. But I quite like Flecken. The other goalkeeper that I've seen people mention in the stream on Sunday um, is Leno of Fulham. i got to be honest, I don't really get that. Everyone's really against Pickford. And I understand he hasn't scored that many points. But in terms of bad defences, Everton's really bad. So is Fulham. So why would we pick Leno? Like, I know he's quite good for saves. But if he doesn't keep that up, there's not going to be that many clean sheets there. I don't know. I mean, Ariola and Leno do rotate pretty nicely. But as we've seen already with the Turner-Pickford rotation, that doesn't always work. So I'd rather pick a goalkeeper from a better team. Which is why, for the wild card, I would go for Flecken. Even though for my own team, I'm probably going to hold on to Pickford for now. So they're the two goalkeepers. In defence, I've got Trippier and Cher. Although Cher is on the bench for this game week. I've also got Udogi and Matt Cash from Aston Villa. And then Estepinian on the bench. Now, I have made some notes that I'll go through in a minute. But I just think with a fixture swing for Newcastle, it's worth jumping on a wild card Because most people that aren't wildcarding are probably either only going to pick up one defender or they're going to have to use their next two, three transfers on getting to double Newcastle. And I just think with the fixtures they've got, it's probably worthwhile going for. Like I talked about this on yesterday's video, but Brentford at home, Sheffield United away, Burnley at home, West Ham away, Palace at home, Wolves away in game week 10. Even if you needed to keep holding them a bit longer, Arsenal at home's not great, but you could potentially bench one or two. You also don't have to keep the double up the whole way you know, through. You could get rid of one after a few weeks. But then they got Bournemouth away in game week 12, which isn't that bad. After that, it does get trickier. But for the next few weeks, they're looking pretty good. So I quite like that double up. And I think Cher and Trippier, they're really in here because they have the most attacking threat. If you needed to save money for another move, you could absolutely go for Botman if he's fit. But I think in terms of attacking potential, Trippier and Cher is where it's at. Cher's got that threat from set pieces, and Trippier's got that assist threat as well. With Cash, the reason that I've picked him is because Carlos has gone off with an injury this weekend. And so going forward, it's probably going to be Cash, Conza, Pau Torres, and Luca Dean. There may be Moreno when he's back. I don't think Cash is always going to play as a right uh, kind of right wing back. But you've kind of got that player that should play most games and could be attacking as well. And the thing you're really getting cash in for, or just a different Villa defender, is for the fixture swing later on. So again, you don't necessarily need them right now because after Palace at home, it's Chelsea away and Brighton at home. But after that, it's Wolves away, West Ham at home, Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home. That's a really good fixture run. And obviously when you're wildcarding, you've got to think longer term. Because you can't just use another wildcard, right? It just doesn't work like that. So although you only really need cash for one of the next three weeks, he could be useful after that. If you wanted to go a bit safer, Cons is probably the one from Aston Villa. You could look at Rico Henry as well, but I quite like him. And then it's a similar conversation with Udogi. Good fixture this week, Sheffield United at home. Then two bad ones. I think it's, yeah, it's Arsenal away Liverpool. I know that because we've talked about it so much. 
But then after that, game week eight onwards, it's Luton away, Fulham at home, Palace away. And okay, Chelsea at home's not great, but then it's Wolves away, Villa at home. There's some good fixtures to come afterwards. So it just gives you a bit of breathing room to not have to worry about defender transfers over the next three to four weeks. I think with Estepina, and again, I've made some notes here, you could make a case to go Chilwell or even an Arsenal defender instead. The reason that I've picked Estepina is in game week six, he's got Bournemouth, so you can play him. Then you could bench him seven, eight, and nine, because you've got that double Newcastle defence plus one other defender you can play instead. But from game week 10 onwards, the fixtures for Brighton are really good. So I know I'm reading for a lot of fixture runs here, but from game week 10, I got Fulham at home, Everton away, Sheffield United at home, and Forest away. So basically, my thoughts would be, you go for Estupinian on the bench, because you've got other defenders that can cover now, and the fixtures from 10 onwards are great, rather than Chilwell, who's got good fixtures now, but bad fixtures later, so you'd have to remove him. So that's just the kind of way around I'm doing it. You could go for Chilwell instead of Estupinian, and that would be perfectly fine, but Chelsea players are going to be ones that you want to come off around game weeks 8 or 9. So I'm just, again, planning ahead. There's no real right or wrong answer. It depends how you want to play it. And again, Chilwell is one of those players where I've got no issue with him in my team whatsoever. And actually, now I'm talking through it on video. Maybe it's not a great idea to drop a defender that's playing left wing. So you could go for him instead of SGPN and just make that transfer later. I'm just trying to reduce the number of transfers that you have to make. But yeah, that is a decision that you'll have to kind of decide on. I think with double Newcastle, people will say that's quite risky, but I don't think there's a huge amount of other standout defenders. And ultimately, it's quite a good differential for a team that's very good defensively. So I don't mind that. Obviously, Botman is another player you could look at. Is Flecken the best 4.5? I think he probably is. And then, yeah, Cash, if you don't think he's nailed enough, which I do still have slight doubts about, you could go for Konza instead. I think Konza is basically first choice right centre-back. And if they do play a formation where Moreno goes forward and they've got three centre-backs, Konza probably plays right back instead. So he's probably the most nailed, even though he doesn't have the attacking threat. And then just to cover Udogi versus Poro, I mean, there's two reasons I've gone for Udogi. One, he's cheaper, but I also think he's a little bit more nailed. I'm still slightly worried that Emerson Royale played the first game of the season. Could he come back in at some point? Whereas I'm not sure Ben Davies is going to play that much as a left-back. So that's kind of why I've made those choices. So I think that looks pretty solid. Obviously, there's plenty of changes you can make instead, but I think that's got a good balance of decent fixtures now, some differential options as well, but also planning for the future with Estepinian, especially when Udogi covers him quite nicely. So my midfield five is Saka, Imbermo, Fernandez, and then I've got a double up on the Spurs attack with both Madison and Son, and I'll talk about those two players in a minute. One thing to think about when you're building your wildcard drafts is who you might want in the future and who you're going to have to sell to get them, and you need to be happy with that decision. So for me, for example, I know that I would want Salah in game week nine, preferably without having to sell Haaland, and so for this draft, I would need to sell Trippier, Madison, and Son to get him. I can be okay with that. Other people might not be so happy with having to remove those players. So then you need to think about, is there a different route that I can take? Or do I just ignore Salah completely? And it might not be him. It could be other players. But that is something to think about. With Saka and Burma and Fernandez. I just think there's so much to like about them. And I know this is kind of broken record time. I've mentioned this so many times before. Like, they're all nailed on. They all get incredible minutes, and they're all on penalties as well, and the fixtures are pretty good, so I just can't see any reason to go without them. Like, sometimes the boring and safe picks are the ones to go for, but it also enables you to make transfers elsewhere, because unless they get injured, 
they're never really going to be a massive concern. If they run into a really difficult fixture period, that's a different conversation. But in the near future, that's not really the case. I mean, you could argue with Arsenal, their fixtures coming up are a little bit tougher because after Everton away, they got Spurs at home, then it's Bournemouth away, then they run into Man City at home, Chelsea away. But they've just put three against Man United. And I know that was partly because Man United were chasing the game at the end. But they can definitely score against Spurs, Man City and Chelsea, even if the amount of goals are slightly lower than other games. And outside of that, it's Everton away, Bournemouth away. And after Chelsea, it's Sheffield United at home. they got Burnley at home in game week 12, Brentford away in game week 13, Wolves at home in 14, Luton away in 15. Like, Saka is just never an issue unless he gets injured. So you can easily keep hold of him. Similar situation with Imbermo. Yes, okay, it's Newcastle away this week, but then it's Everton, Forest, Man United, Burnley. And even after that, like, is Chelsea away and West Ham at home that bad for a player that's nailed on and takes penalties? Not really. So even if you got stuck with him for a few extra games after the good fixtures, it's not that much of a problem. And I've spoken about Man United a lot now. They pretty much have a great fixture run from game weeks 5, I know, right up until kind of game week 13 at least. Like they've got to play Man City at home in that time. That's the only difficult fixture. And we all know that Fernandes is going to start every single game. So I would probably include them. You're more than welcome to change them if you want. With Madison and Son... Some of you are probably thinking, well, hang on, you don't have either of those players in your actual team, and you've got no real plans to sell Sterling or Rashford, so why go for those two? Well, there's a slight difference. Yes, they've got Sheffield United at home this week, and then they run into two difficult fixtures, but the fixtures afterwards are pretty good, and you have to think a little bit longer term, because obviously you're on wildcard. So I've got Rashford and Sterling. I'm happy with their next three fixtures, but that's because afterwards I'll probably wildcard. So if I need Spurs players at that point, I can just get them then. Whereas, obviously, if you're wildcarding right now, you do need to have that kind of longer-term view. Now, interestingly, I don't know if I would actually keep them past game week nine anyway, but you've always got that option. Plus, you get the really great fixture they've got this week. So, yeah, Sheffield United at home, brilliant. Then it's Arsenal away, Liverpool home, not great. But you've got them in place for Luton away in game week eight. And if, for some reason, Salah was injured or you decided you didn't want him, you can also then keep them for game week nine. Or... You can have them for Fulham at home game week 9 and get Salah a week later. It's not like he's essential for um, game week 9 itself because you could just captain Haaland against Brighton at home. So I do like the idea of having both of those players in. Eventually, I would sell them. So Madison would have to go down to a cheaper midfielder like Diaby and he's got pretty good fixtures coming up from game week 8 onwards anyway. So he's an option. Son would then go to Salah right who's someone i would want you might not want him and then i would need to make up 1.9 million which is basically trip you out for a 4.6 million defender so that's how i would work it so again i don't think anyone that hasn't got the double up on spurs needs to panic but it's just something you can do over the rest of the crowd that aren't wildcarding because you can do it all in one go while still keeping those other good options so i think that's a pretty solid midfield five in terms of some of the notes i made obviously how do you get salary talked about you could go for rashford instead of son but i think if you're looking at the next four to five game weeks having sheffield united luton and fulham is pretty good for spurs and obviously they are just placeholders for salah the only worry is is one arsenal player enough and one man united attacker but i think they are because if you're not going, sorry. If you want someone alongside Saka, it's Odegaard or Martinelli, and then you're weighing them up against the likes of Madison and Son. I think when you look at it like that, they're not such. A, it's not so essential as maybe as it felt the first three game weeks. And I've already talked about Son versus Rashford, and the reason that I wouldn't get a Chelsea player in is just a long-term view. The next three to four fixtures are good, 
but after that they get a little bit worse so i think by having players in that got a longer term or sorry better fixtures in the long term i've probably said that a lot now that is just a better way to plan so i don't mind chelsea players but on wildcard i probably wouldn't have too many and then up front i've gone for a double up on the man city attack with both harlan and alvarez and on my bench is cameron archer who looks to be the 4.5 million forward that's going to get the most minutes so that's a pretty easy decision so is having harlan we don't really need to talk about him so the only player left to discuss is alvarez now part of the reason that i've gone for him is because i only have 0.3 million in the bank so even if i wanted to go to like a watkins or a jesus i just don't have enough money i could downgrade someone like trippier to botman or even a cheap defender from another team but i've already earmarked trippier madison and son to get salah so if i still want to get salah and i want to upgrade alvarez i then have to start thinking about selling the likes of fernandez or saka and that feels like too many sacrifices especially when alvarez is only 6.7 million and he started the first four games for Man City. Now, it's not without any risk. We've been here plenty of times before. A Man City attacker gets a few games, we decide they're nailed on, and then they get benched. That could absolutely happen. But if he plays four of the next five, or five of the next six, he'd probably still be worth it for the price that he costs. So I would be tempted to go for him if I was wildcarding. The next three fixtures for Man City aren't too bad. Uh, West Ham away this week, then it's Forest at home, Wolves away. It gets a bit tougher after that. Arsenal away, Brighton at home, Man United away. But I think Man City will score in pretty much every game they play. And if Alvarez is only going to be 6.7 million with those games, I don't think that you would moan too much about it. So I think he looks like a decent punt on wildcard. The other thing is, early on in the season, it felt like there weren't too many cheap forwards to move to. I don't know if that's the case right now. Like our knee, for example, I haven't talked about him that much, but everyone in the comments has. He's only 6.6 .6 million, so he's cheaper than Alvarez. And it's Burnley at home this week, then it's Man City away in game week six. So not necessarily ideal, but then it's Brentford Palace Luton. So you could move from Alvarez to our knee. Solanke is another player absolutely nailed on on penalties, although I don't think Bournemouth have had one since they came back into the league, but you never know, one day he might get one. And we haven't talked about him much because the fixtures have been pretty awful. And to be fair, it's Chelsea at home, Brighton away, Arsenal at home, next three. But you're not going to sell Alvarez for the next three anyway. So if you need to move him on after that, well, Solanke has Everton away, Wolves at home, Burnley at home, next three games. So he looks pretty good. I mean, other names just quickly. Wissa at Brentford is still starting. Antonio at West Ham. Ferguson spoke about in yesterday's video. Uh, same as Edouard. He started the first four games for Palace. You've got Morris at Luton. Nailed on on penalties. And they're not going to score a huge amount of goals. But if they do, he's going to be involved. And so there are players to move to from Alvarez if needed. And who knows? In a few game weeks, if you do have to transfer him out... You might be able to make money somewhere else. Maybe someone's got injured or suspended or whatever it might be. And you can move up to a Jackson or a Hoyland or a Watkins or a Jesus. So overall, I think that team looks pretty strong. Nicely planned for the future. Roots to get Salah if you want him. It also comes out at 97% team rating on the Fantasy Football Hub My Team Tour. If you want to check out your current team or your wildcard draft, links in the description below. You can check that out for free. And it just looks pretty good over the next few weeks. So I'd be pretty happy with that. Obviously, you need to be happy with your own team. I'm sure there's many changes you can make. Let me know in the comments below if you are wildcarding and what differences you have between your draft and mine. If you have enjoyed that video, make sure to give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Rate five stars if you're listening on podcast. And like I said, if you want to sign up for Fantasy Football Hub, all the links you need are in the description below. I'll catch you again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.